previously on Tales of Asperon. It's pretty simple. He was a fish. He looked like me. He escaped by jumping out of a window after I broke his jaw. And you say it got away? Oh, yeah. What What kind of fish was he? I'm not a fisherman. They motion to the garden and say, you four go around back, check to see if something came out. Like a bucket of cold water has fallen upon um, Alea. She realizes and she says out loud, uh, do we know how to get out of here? You feel like a kind of a connection start to form between you and your body. And then that fades almost immediately. What do you guys do? Panic. Panic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. If you're new to the show, we're an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's light on rules and high on storytelling. Now, what does that mean? Well, to keep it simple, we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next, ever. It's all improvisational. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. So it just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Maybe you successfully cheat your way through a high-stakes card game. Roll low? Maybe the casino catches you. I wonder what will happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. So at this point, you have just suplexed a ghost. You mm-hmm. have it in your grasp. And yes. it's struggling against you. And the two guards go, the, well, the main guard goes, all right, statement later. What? It starts to draw their sword. Is that thing evil? What is that? Oh, good. You could see this too. All right. At least now we're all on the same page. This is a ghost. I think. Okay, okay. Um, The guard starts to step closer, and you see that their protege has kind of done the same nervously. Um, A circle of people has started to form around all of you. What do you do to this ghost as it's trying to break free from your grasp? Oh, man, did you just say a circle of people is forming around me? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Showboat mode engaged. (laughs) So, Tedward's going to look at this, and he's going to in a in a very odd moment share like a a conspiratorial glance at the book and the book looks at him and they both nod and tedward's going to get up and start like swaggering around and as he does the book is going to like flip from person in the person in the crowd mm-hmm. trying to get him to read the book he's going to be like yeah you may have heard of me name's tedward ghost catcher <laughs> i've got like the ghost in my arms and I'm like squeezing it so it doesn't wriggle away. Like, what's your hair? It's got your standard run-of-the-mill ghost. It's transparent, slippery as hell. Very fast. 
as you're talking, you feel a spectral foot kick you in the jaw and you just tighten down. It's like it almost escaped. Yeah, I've been I've been kicked by a lot of things in the jaw. It's the reason my IQ is so high. So <laughs> anyway, so Tedward just going to keep like he's going to start walking around just making stuff up about it. He doesn't know anything about the ghost, but he's making stuff up. Roll, and, me a, um, uh, roll me a charisma check. A charisma check. Oh, boy. Yeah. Does, Tedward or you does can call it persuasion if you want. Yeah. Okay. 13. 13. Okay. Um, as you get close to, like, the edge, are you, like, walking this thing around? Um, if there's a circle of people, I'm walking in, like, the interior diameter of that circle, just making sure everybody can see the ghost. As So as you walk the ghost along the crowd, you see some people <gasps> recoil back as you kind of pull its weird spectral moaning face in their direction. Um, oh, you see a, a little kid. Yeah, you see a little kid. Its nice. eyes get bigger and it goes, oh, that's so cool. Grandpa? And it's struggling and struggling and you're like tightening down. What do you want to do? Um, no, Tedward is hamming it up. He's not in any hurry at all. Because this is also in his mind the last ghost he fought today. It's like, yeah, they look scary, but all you got to do is put a little salt on your doorstep. They can't get in, you know. And he's just making shit up. Its spectral um, hands are kind of helplessly pawing at your face, and every time it does, it meets these, like, golden threads as it's just being rebuffed away. <laughs> the crowd, like, <gasps> steps back as it starts to moan and then, like, yeah. fury. And then, like, um, what would Ted would do now? So, I'm, uh... Can I get a quick check? I want to see, like, how do I know how injured this ghost is? Uh, very. Roll me an insight check if you want. Yeah, okay. So, ooh, wow. That was a good roll. So, 14. Uh, it's pretty close to on death's door. When it fled from you, it didn't have a ton of hit points left, and you chipped it down to, like, almost nothing. Mm, okay, so Tedward's pretty confident. Even if this thing slips, he can, I don't know, like, burp on it, and it will die. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, Tedward's just gonna keep walking around, showing it off to people, shaking it, giving it a good shake. Um oh my god, I keep, I haven't rolled higher than a five. Um you start to shake it and it it's like in the middle of it trying to do an intimidating like moan and it goes <laughs> as you're shaking it and a little kid starts laughing. Okay. The ghost's movements have gotten a lot slower fucking six all right so now i'm gonna i'm gonna sit on the ghost like a stool and i'm gonna start going all right everyone gather around i'm gonna teach you ghost hunting 101 come on pull up a seat you might learn something little kid immediately breaks the edge of the crowd and scoots like five feet closer to you and just kneels down on the ground like crisscross applesauce yeah so tedward's just gonna start basically retelling his version of which is the book's version of what happened on the boat where he fought way more of them than there actually were. And the boat was on fire and also sinking. As this is happening, um, you're recounting the story. And first, the little kid that's sitting in front of you is just like absolutely delighted. And from behind you, you can hear the guard lean in and go, there hasn't been any fires, right? And the, the other one kind of <laughs> nodding their head. Um, and they're just like trying to keep an eye on the crowd to make sure this doesn't become like unmanageable. Um, and the one goes, all right, folks, everyone, city guard business, please return your work. We'll handle this. You can go home. It is 
absolutely safe. There are no spirits in town other than this one, which we have <laughs> thoroughly dealt with. Thank you, Tedward. <laughs> what do you want to do to this ghost? Because you kind of have it. You're sitting on it, and it's stuck to the ground. Trying, You can see its hands like clawing into the dirt and trying to climb away. All right. Well, Tedward, sensing the fun may be up, is going to give it a, a one last terminal squish. Um, all right. Give me an attack roll. Or just roll me damage. You have it held, and it's basically dead. Okay. Four. More than enough. You just kind of like let your feet out from under you and just crush it. And you feel like the ectoplasm kind of like bleed into your pants <laughs> as this thing just kind of like splats onto the ground. Oh, um, boy. Who? Oh, man. We're going to cut back to them. Haley, while mm. you're standing in front of your body, looking down at this hole in your chest in confusion, you watch as suddenly that light just reappears. <laughs> and... That memory that you just lost, the, the, all the kind of confusion and a little bit of shame that was built into that just seeps back into your mind. And then you watch as the hole is just reformed in your chest. Now your your body's back to being made of this full spectral light. Nothing's missing. I guess Haley would perk up and go, it, it doesn't seem to be a permanent thing. I got mine back. There's this poking at my own chest, I guess. Um, you poke your chest physically and you guys watch as Haley's form just disperses and Haley, you you wake up (gasps) in bed, you're covered in blankets and you see Rose, she stands up with a start and knocks over the, like an empty teacup and she goes, oh good, oh good, it's just you. She's holding the hammer and pointing it at it in your direction. Oh, thank God you're alive. What are you afraid of? Yeah, lots lots happened since um, you were gone. Is it what happened on your end? Uh, we wandered around a ghost town. Uh, oh. Feels like literally. Okay. Uh, saw some scars. Saw a beacon from here. Came back here. Panicked about not being able to get back and seeing holes in our own chests. And then... Her eyes light because you say holes in your chest. She goes, what the hell? Yes, exactly. Mine came back, and then I'm here. I was trying to show everyone else when I came back. Um, She kind of looks looks at you and looks at them. Um, She reaches down and puts her hand on Alea's shoulder and gives her a hard shake. Um, Alea, can you roll me a charisma save? Okay. Uh, 19. 19. Um, she gives you a shake and on your shoulder in this kind of ghostly realm, you feel worry, like a sense of urgency and a little bit of despair. It rings a little familiar to you because you felt some of this when you looked at Rose's face, when she was looking over that photo. And then suddenly you <gasps> you wake up and Thurbash, you watch as Alea's body just kind of deteriorates into spectral light and vanishes and you're left alone on the deck of the ship. Oh no! Alea, you waken to a start to Rose shaking your shoulder. Alea, dear, are you all right? Um, I'm gonna like pat my chest and like where that like empty hole was and be like, oh no. Are you okay? No, um, hmm, huh. Is this real? Did I wake up? She flicks you on the nose really hard. Did you feel that? 
Okay, yeah, uh, I'm okay, I think. Um, what do you do? What do you two do? Actually, you know what? Better, Thurbash, what do you do right now? <laughs> Where did they go? <laughs> Just like running around the inside of the spirit boat with my hands up above my head. What do I do? It's horrifying together, but it's even more <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at like my body. And I'm just gonna poke at it, hoping that it does something. Um, you keep poking in, and nothing is happening. I poke faster and harder. <laughs> Roll me an athletics check. Uh, it is a 13. Um, your finger's getting a little sore. You're poking hard and a lot. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Um, Thurmash is gonna just sit down and just stare at his body <laughs> just for like a good like 10 minutes to try and think of something. As you're sitting there, um, crisscross applesauce, like looking at your body, um, we cut back to Alay and Hele in the material realm. What do you two do right now? How come he's not awake? I didn't try to wake him up yet. Are you feeling okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna like shake him panically. <laughs> um, Thurbash, can I get a charisma save? Yes, you can. Charisma, charisma, charisma. All right. That is a 22, natural 20. Wow. Okay, you, you passed that DC with soaring colors. You, the number you had to beat was 16. Oh, wait, sorry. That's even more than... Because I get a plus four to my charisma stat because Warlock. So that's actually like a 26 because I have proficiency in my saving throw and the plus four. Damn. Plus it's a natural okay. 20. So. Um, on your... where? How are you grabbing Thurbash to wake him up? Just very urgently and violent shaking. Like, where are you or grabbing on, him? On the shoulders. Okay. On both of your shoulders. What is Alea feeling right now? Panic. Okay. Just pan <laughs> sheer panic. <laughs> yes. Um, your brain, while you're sitting here staring at your body, you feel warmth on your shoulders that quickly turns cold. And, you, like, a sense of panic just overwhelms you. And then <gasps> you wake up. To a start, Alea's holding your shoulders and shaking you. What is she saying? Uh, I don't know if she's saying anything. <laughs> She'd oh, probably she's just, just like, like urgently shaking uh, And then when he, when he jolts up, he's like, oh, you're awake. Okay. <sighs> Thank you for not leaving me behind. I got you, buddy. I got you. I love it. Pat his back. While you guys, while you're saying this, you hear Rose mumble under her breath. Remind me to never drink any of that shit. Okay, where's where's Tedward? Um, he sprinted off in the town chasing a spirit. Well, we should probably go find him. That feels like it's a normal thing. Okay, how long have we been out for? Mm, at this rate, with how long he's been gone, maybe fifteen minutes. That's it. The moment you guys went to sleep, those spirits showed up, and we had to fight them all off. Some of them got to you. Oh God, is that in relation to how? much time we felt in the dream world? Um, hmm. Alea specifically, because you've been in this place before. Roll me a wisdom check. <laughs> or you can use insight if you're trained in it. Uh, nope. Okay. 16? It feels like dilated somehow. Like it felt like you were in there a lot longer than you were. Okay. Like it doesn't necessarily make sense. And you know, you kind of get an idea that when 
you started to get more emotional and panic, time felt like it was going faster. It's really strange. It's hard to describe. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Uh, so, how do we fix this? Fix what? Well, I don't remember. That's the problem. You don't? Wait, what do you mean? I don't remember. <laughs> we, uh... I think it's... Nope, go ahead. I think it's just like a uh, limited time thing. Mine came back before I came back. I don't think what I lost came back. I don't remember if it came back or not. So I don't know if I... I know I lost it. Oh, we should find maybe Tedward. Maybe Tedward does. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I completely <laughs> lost my train of thought. That's okay. Yes, we should find Tedward. Do you think... It goes all the way to the top. I've been saying it, so you know. Maybe. Let us, uh, let us go f find Tedward. Will, DM, is there any ethereal lily left over? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there was still a, a whole pot you guys could have taken. Let's hide this somewhere in case... I don't want to go back, but we might need to go back. Oh, God. All right, let's... Uh, can, can Haley, like, take a second try to figure out if he realizes what was taken? You know what? Yeah, I'm not even going to make you roll for that because while you were looking at the body, you just suddenly, like, a new memory just popped into your head of that in particular. Hmm. Like a bad memory. Oh, and Haley's going to be pretty much... All right, got it. Figured it out. What's Haley going to be doing? Haley's all for this. He wants to go back again. Because all he knows is the negative memory was gone. Um, wait, so we want to go back into the dream world right now? No, right now, but no. after we find Edward, maybe. Oh, after we find Edward. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, we just got out. Um, go back. Okay. I, yeah, I guess we go, I guess we go find Edward. What direction okay. did he go up to? Rose kind of, she like points um, from where you guys are at a little bit like she points towards the bow like the front of the ship and she goes last i saw he sprinted up the docks after that creature um i was gonna follow him but it didn't seem safe to leave y'all here with you know more of those spirits floating around just in case he went deeper into town okay let's let's try to the four of you get up and make your way out of the dock um and down the familiar dock towards the dockside district. Um, Rose kind of points in the general direction and you three make your, or the four of you, make your way deeper into town. Ted, we're, we're gonna cut back to you, right? As you're plopping down on that ectoplasm. <sighs> Minty. Oh. Um, the crowd is kind of just starting to disperse a little um, as the guards were telling everyone to leave. And the one painted in black and white and goes, well, that was a uh, hell of a show you put on. Um, yeah, thank you. So, does this, that thing, that ghost happen to be, um, involved with the fire earlier? You see them reach into their, like, leather sat, like, satchel and take out a notepad and start scribbling with a pencil? Yeah, yeah, it's an arsonist ghost. The, ex what? Hold on a minute, are we doing statements? Tedward is eyeing their paperwork. He's not, he's, he's not a fan of this. Look, uh, it's very clear you do not like authority. 
because you've run from us every time we tried to talk to you. The two guards that my employer sent behind the building to confirm your claim found one of our men, we think. They were wearing one of our guards' clothes, but we couldn't recognize them. And when I got back around the building... Wait a minute. Hold on a, hold on a second. Keep going. When I got back around the building to tell Orion and absolve your, you know, verify your claim that there was some kind of creature in that building, you were scattering to the four winds. We just need an accurate description. So wait, you, let me, you found a dead guy. No, he's still breathing. He's still just having. like, yes. And you don't know who he is. Okay. This, and you this can't is, just look down the list of guards in your garrison and just figure as out who's unconscious. This is going to be hard to explain. I mean, probably not as hard as it's going to be to explain a man physically suplexing and sitting on a ghost. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing a guard's uniform. Yes. We know that one of our men is unaccounted for. But every time I look at the body of this individual, I can't remember their name. It's not written down anywhere. That's you guys. You guys really seem to like paperwork. It's okay. Just we that. are pretty sure where we know who it is, but when we physically look at them, the name just doesn't come to my mind. Almost as if their identity is gone somehow. It's being like scrubbed from our brains. Spooky. Look. Long story short, the thing that you fought is obviously dangerous. Um, there is a real threat, and we just need to know what it fucking looks like so I can write it down and we can start scouring the city for it. Okay. All we have in my notes is he flips like three pages back. Yellow-eyed fish man question marks. There's a note under that that says you're not a fisherman. I don't know how that's relevant. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> All right, well, Tedward's pretty lost. And he, uh, a switch in his suppressed personality is going to flip on from his former days. And he's just going to, you guys want to go get some drinks. Will you give us an appropriate statement? Yeah, sure. Fine. We're about two blocks from the copper kettle. Let's go there. All right. He's going to waddle off because his butt's kind of numb from that ectoplasm uh, aerosol spray he just got shot down his crack so he'll waddle off behind them okay um and as you and these two guards slowly meander your way towards the copper kettle we cut back to the party with rose how would you all like to try and find tedward follow the property damage is usually a good start <laughs> um that's a good that's actually a good strategy seeing where like things have been disturbed Okay, roll me an investigation check for whoever, whoever wants to do it. Uh, Haley will just kind of follow along. Because it isn't his thing. Plus two. I have a 20. Okay. Um, so as you guys are standing on the street, you kind of wander for a little bit. Um, and you hear chatter amongst people. Um, you hear the word ghost tossed around. You kind of turn down a street and make your way a little bit deeper into town. And you see an individual with a cart full of goods and a bunch of like sacks of flour that have just kind of broken and been dispersed all over the street. And the guy is like frustratingly cleaning it up and kind of like cursing to themselves. Um, I'm going to go up to him. 
and ask if he's seen Tedward and describe Tedward's like appearance. Yeah, that prick. He uh, tore right through my fucking cart. Made a mess of all my goods. I'm gonna lose money on this. Do you know him? Mm, yes. No. <laughs> hmm? uh, I'm you gonna just dig through my pocket and then I'm gonna give him one gold. Thank you. Sorry about your stuff. He like looks at the coin kind of confused. That'll cover it, I guess. Puts it in his pocket. Update, I now have two golds. <laughs> two gold coins. Um, he like gonna... starts to pack, continue packing up some of his stuff and he just leaves the flower, the rest of the flower sacks on the ground and starts to roll his card away. Three flower sacks, you say? They're like torn open and obliterated. Wait, oh, did he are see there any footprints? He did not. Are there any? Yes. I completely messed He's that only up. like two feet away. You can yell to him. Which way? Um, he points to an alleyway, like a street or two over. Are or there, actually like there, a block or two over. Are there flower footprints? Oh, with your investigation check? Absolutely. You can pretty quickly find um, from this cart, like footprint, footprints of flower making their way through the street. And, and handprints. That was, and yeah, handprints. And a face print. Um, oh no. <laughs> when you, yeah, you, you slowly make your way through Tedward's flower trail. Um, and you find this like open town center and there's like a big like wet spot in the center of the street. And you see now the flower footprints have changed to wet footprints and they're making their way further in town, kind of towards where the tavern you guys were. Um, yeah, we just follow. Okay. Yep. Um, so to make short work of this, after some time, Tedward, you and these two guards waltz into the copper kettle. Um, they get a table for you, and you all sit down at a booth. And the guard goes, Okay, you encountered this fish person inside the burning building. Yeah. Can you explain how there was two of you at the scene? Well, he transformed. He was a shapeshifter. Okay, he writes down shapeshifter. I don't know if the fish was his true form or if he just had some kinks, but he was a shapeshifter, and when I caught up to him, I thought he could fight fire with fire, if you know what I mean. Okay, shapeshifter took your form. Yes. You said it exited out of the building. Which way did it go? I don't know. Line up the holes in the walls. I'll have a right. good idea. He's just scribbling in their notepad. After about 30 seconds of you guys talking, you, you hear a window break pretty violently. And the whole bar kind of stops and looks over. And you, you see the book just fly across the room, hit the table, and slide right in front of you. I'm not going to react to this. This is the sort of thing that's like, you know how you can always see your nose and your brain makes you ignore it? <laughs> That's that's what the book is to Tedward most of the time. It it actively masks its presence for him. So no matter what it's doing, unless it wants to interact with him, it's it's like his nose. You see the guard <laughs> writing that down. Um, okay. What else do you know? Um, we have a report from a guard on the docks that says you were investigating the disappearance at the edge of the dock. Yes? Yeah. Did you find anything... Of note. Yes, we found ghosts. Okay. 
Oh, this is going to be such a hard report to fucking explain. <laughs> um, and they're scribbling. Tedward is drinking, so they're going to have to wait till he's... I want to try something out. I have proficiency at instigating drinking contests. I don't think you do, but... I do. What do you I want do. to do? It's written, it's written down. I want to drink and... <laughs> That's not and a skill. Put, I want to put my drink and put my glass down in such a way, in like a... Like a like I put it on the table without that sort of weird, yeah. like I'm a colonoscopy grunt. Um, I want to put it on the table in such a way that challenges their masculinity. I want to make clear that. That's called an intimidation check. Well, no, no, because I don't want them to be afraid of me. I want them to feel like they got to do the same thing. It like doesn't necessarily gotta, have to be fear. Roll me intimidation. Like persuasion. Okay, fine. I'm good at intimidation, so that's a, that's a 19. Who are you trying to challenge? The guards. The guards. The guards. Everyone. Okay. Well, yeah, every, everybody. Bar. It's a splash damage effect. Everyone in this tavern is now had their masculinity <laughs> challenged, including the kitchen wench. Okay. I so the guard. Masculinity called it a question. The guard is writing on the thing on their notepad. They look up at you and kind of make eye contact. Are you going to have any other useful information? I drink his drink. <laughs> um, and as this happens, you guys follow the, the wet footprints all the way back to the copper kettle. In front of you, the two saloon-style doors are just kind of open. Or just kind of... No, they're, they're closed. Um, but you can kind of see through them to the inside of the tavern. And you notice the window next to the door is shattered. Bingo. I know a book-sized hole when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what do you all do outside? Here they go and looks through the um, broken uh, glass. Um, not even going to make your roll a perception check. You peer through, and across the room, conveniently, right where the hole was aimed, you see Tedward chugging down a drink at the booth with an empty drink in front of him and he's sitting with other people. Someone in white and black armor. Yeah, he starts waving and then tells the group, it's, it's Tedward, I see him, hi. Oh, good. I was hoping to over. have instigated a tavern-wide bar drinking contest by the time you guys showed up. Walk over and look through the window where Haley is. Yeah, you can see him. Tedward, roll me a perception check. Oh, there's no way. If I'm actively drinking, there's nothing in, that nothing exists <laughs> in the world. Except the sound of liquid rushing between my ears. Okay, you don't notice. Um, no, he doesn't seem all. to notice, y'all. What do you do? Do I recognize this person in white and black armor? Uh, their back is facing you. Okay. Well, let, uh, let's go in and talk to him. Haley starts yelling, Tedward! Tedward? No, still. Still chugging. Chugga, chugga, choo-choo. <laughs> okay, you guys... Choo-choo. He's too concerned with his drink. Let's go in and talk to him. We go okay. in. Okay. Okay. Um, with Rose at your tail, the three of you enter the tavern. Um, you push the doors open. You see the bartender look up towards you. A uh, familiar face from the last time you were here. Um, and they kind of motion over to the booth where Tedward is and just kind of nod with a concerned look. Um, and you guys make your way over to the table. Um, right as this guard is finishing up writing on their paperwork and they go to flip their notepad clothes and start to tuck it into their bag and they see all of you. Oh, perfect. They pull the notepad back out. Someone who might have useful information. 
Hey there, listeners, and welcome to the mid-roll. So I noticed while editing this episode that there has been a little bit of feedback from Haley's mic. We had a minor technical issue during recording that apparently left this kind of hum in some of Haley's dialogue. And I got a new microphone, so it should be repaired during our next recording session. Thank you for bearing with us on that. Now, as you may know, our Hello My Name Is promotion is still there. And Gilbig, he could really use your help. In this session, we continued to work with Commander Gravesford, which was a name provided by Dead Goggles on Twitter. Thank you for that awesome name for our Watch Commander, and I hope he survives. Ooh, not saying uh, anything might happen or not. Um, if you want to name an NPC or learn more about the show, check us out at www.toapodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Tales of Esperon. That's A-S-P-E-R-R-A-N. There's no cross-promotion this week, but if you have your own tabletop podcast or you know of a show that you really enjoy that you think could use some support, feel free to tag us on Twitter or send us an email and maybe we can work something out. I'd love to support other shows out there that are small and kind of up-and-coming like ours. Every little bit counts. Anyways, we release episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on January 17th. All right. Let's get back to the show. Oh, perfect. They pulled a notepad back out. Someone who might have useful information. That's a lot of assumptions. Yeah, better check his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Big um, for somebody who hasn't finished his drink. You're finishing my drink, first off. And your friends. I move mm. on to his drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Agent of chaos right here. So, sorry, I have a bit of an attitude because the people we need to talk to, they look to you, Tedward, keep running away. Not going anywhere, pal. <laughs> I signal the bartender. Okay, the um, bartender sees you and then... Oh, shit, do I have money? <laughs> you have some, yeah. Oh, boy, I need to do a quick Tedward inventory. Are we going to take a pause right here to figure out how much money everybody has? I have two. Please. No, well, I don't want to. <laughs> someone, wait, someone you have the reward. You guys okay. had twenty five hundred in the bag of holding, or fifteen hundred. I don't remember exactly. I don't have any of it because Third Ash refused to carry it. Wait, I don't want to do I have the bag of holding? The game. Where does Tedward's, the have the bag of holding? Tedward's just gonna realize he doesn't have any money on his person, probably because it's strewn throughout the street after he face planted, and he's just gonna whistle and pretend he didn't signal the bartender. Okay, Bartender looks at you and then immediately looks down um, and goes back to what they were doing. And Rose steps in between all of you and goes, Oh, Commander Gravesford, um, it's great to see you. I'm sorry it's under these uh, not-so-pleasant circumstances. What did Tedward do now? The member of the City Watch looks and goes, We tried to talk to him. He ran, and then we watched him suplex... And he looks at his friend. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Okay. He suplexed a ghost in the street? He's just playing hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> With death. Look, I need to go back to Orion with something concrete here. So, you know, the rest of you, please sit. Fill me in. What have you found about all of this madness so I can take something... Concrete and a little more organized back to my employer. 
because you can run around the town all day, but if things like this keep going sideways, he might just kick you out and drop the contract entirely. He very well may, sir. That's we, it. That's the end of my statement. <laughs> we were trying to find Tudward. He fought Tedward, um, and then they disappeared. And, well, for the last couple hours, we have been walking through the ghost place. We've been sleeping. Rose waves over the bartender, sits down next to Tedward, um, and she starts rifling through her bags. Um, and Rose goes, all right, tell me everything you learned in the, she looks to Alea, the dream place. Sorry, I'm not skeptical. I know you went there. It just sounds weird coming out of my mouth. What did we learn? We, uh, there, there are, is something there that has claws and is slowly sucking the life. Maybe not slowly. It might be fast. I don't know. We didn't witness it full on. But they're taking the life, dream, essence, stuff, blue flame. Is it blue? Uh, uh, the, the, the things, the ethereal flames. Yes. And, and when these flames are gone, it goes from being soft to being hard. Like in the real world. Yes. And then it also can eat parts of your soul, dream, uh, uh, essence stuff. And uh, out of the three of us, we each lost something. Only one of us got it back. And we Me. do not know what we've lost, with the exception of the one who got it back, Haley. So we're looking for something relatively large that eats the soul. I'm pretty sure it only eats the bad part of the soul. I think it's... it's that. Hey, Late, what did you lose? Negative feelings about a bad part of me. Describe that part. What was it? It was a shameful bit. It was the part I don't want to. How can we know if it's negative if... Uh, Thurbash and I don't remember what we lost. Well, because I remember getting only negative feelings back. Negative feelings about what? About people? Was it about something that happened to you? Is it something that you think about? About a memory of mine. A memory. 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 You see Rose reach into her bag, and she pulls out this kind of thick leather tome, and she goes, memory, memory, why does that sound familiar? Something big is eating memories in town. We should Are you asking also... or telling? She's asking. Uh, fr from what we have deduced, that seems like the likely case. It should be mentioned that the place where the body was not found for the man disappeared, there was nothing. The, all the blue flame had gone, disappeared. Same on the boat. Yes. There... What do you mean, same on the boat? There were spots on the boat where there was no blue flame. And those spots were solid, while the rest of the boat, covered in blue flame, was soft. And how um, do you know it was something big? The claw marks? Claw Very marks. large You found claw marks claws. in town? Yes. In the dream world. Okay, in the plane of dreams. Um... Tedward, while you're sitting here finishing off the third person's drink, you can just see this look of confusion slowly growing over this guard commander's face. 
wait. What happened to the ghost? Squished it. Squished several of them. Uh, well, so you our... were fighting ghosts? Yes. yes. How did you fight ghosts? Well, and I'm going to kind of slide back into my sort of pedantic, I know everything because I'm cool, like mode. Like, uh, you know, you just squish them. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Ghost doesn't respond to anything except violence. So you squish it. Or suplex. That's a just a squishing with steps between the start and finish. Hmm. I do not know what a suplex is, but I will keep in mind to squish ghosts in future. Tedward. Yeah. Did you see where the ghost was heading? Uh, Tedward's going to burst a blood vessel trying to search through memories that are actively being edited because right now that fight scene is like in the editing room the book is just adding parts in buildings are exploding ghosts are forming into ghost voltrons of multiple ghosts that tedward is fighting (laughs) tedward Um, is he's he's rambling this off as he's trying to remember it and rose just puts her hand up never mind not useful no hold on a second we were headed towards the market Okay. Market. What? Yeah, that's right. That's where I chased it, right? We're headed towards yep. the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You all are kind of new to this. You went into the plane of dream. You found a trail. You started to follow it, and then you stopped. And somehow woke up and came back to me. Tedward, you followed a ghost that was obviously fleeing somewhere. And destroyed it before it got to its location. And she's saying this as she's flipping through the books. And she goes, I don't know exactly where it was going. But I think I know what it was going to. And she spins the book around. And you see a picture. A sketch. On the page before you, you see this fairly large squat toad creature. Its maw is open and filled with these razor sharp teeth. And its eyes are these big bulbous yellow with these horizontal slits. And across its back, it's covered in dozens and dozens of these really sharp looking spines. And it has a big, big pot belly and all four of its arms and legs are covered in these long, elongated, sharp talons. It's basically a giant demon frog. And next to it, there's a bunch of notes Um, They look haphazardly scribbled. The page looks like it's stained by something. Um, And next to this sketch of the creature, you can see what looks to be the amulet of an eye. Oh. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, no. I fought something like this in town about a decade ago with Constance and my previous protégés. And we sealed it away. Inside of this, and she points to this eye-shaped amulet. Now, I thought we secured this amulet with the guild. But if somebody somebody else found it, there's a chance this creature might be doing it too. Does that look at all like pre-transformation shapeshifter? Um, Tedward, you know what? I'm not even going to make you roll a check. The eyes of a doppelganger look exactly the same. He, the eyes? Maybe it was his child. 
because I don't remember fighting one with a paunch. <laughs> this creature could steal your memories, and it made itself stronger by taking them. I'm impressed you all got your memories back because when we dealt when we dealt with it, we didn't ever get to hold on to those. They were gone for good. Oh, well, shit. only Haley has his memory back. Mm-hmm. We are still missing pieces. Hmm. We should find this uh, beastie-looking thing and fix the problem? I think we need to do another dream delve, all of us this time. And she looks towards the guards and says, and maybe with some extra protection, instead of just me and big old Tedward over here. And she looks to the guard and she says, when, when I fought this creature, I had just as many people and another skilled hunter with us and it nearly killed us all. Oh. Wow. Oh. Great. Um, how do you guys react to this? Like what's going through your heads? Mild panic. Major panic. We can't <laughs> all dream because if we're all dreaming, nobody can watch the dreamers. Oh, Tedward. <laughs> One eye is twitching with the complexity of that <laughs> mental algebra that's going uh, on. She one hand is half held up as if to use my fingers to count, but it's not working. Graceford. With the information you have, is there any chance you could rally some men to keep an eye on us while we're trying to figure out where this creature is living in town? Or at least where its base of operation is? That's not going to work. None of those people know how to fight ghosts. The only person who listened to my lecture was a small child. I don't think we he's good for it. find the child then. Yeah. He's going to need some training. What? And he's... Probably going to need to put on about 200 pounds of muscle. Darling, we're in a tavern frequented by hunters of my caliber. We can get plenty of help hunting ghosts if we need it. Okay. (laughs) How does he... How did you touch the... Aren't ghosts like... See through... Ooh. How... how? (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna tap her on the shoulder and just point to the book. Just read that. As you say this, Rose goes, Haley, what do you mean? The book documents everything. Well, at least what he does. I'm assuming all of us, but mainly him. You because guys are in there a tiny bit when you get kidnapped or dangled off cliffs or you're trying to evade the jaws of a beast. Whatever you need help, basically. Haley's gonna look around right away and go, Who dangled off a cliff? All of you at some point. I, it's pretty pretty vivid memory. Is that what the ghost took from you? Did it take the sweet memory of all the times I arrested you from the jaws of death? I've known you for about a week. Yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> you guys are very accident prone. Rose looks at the book and looks back to Haley and she goes, When we were standing over your body, Tedward was... I mean, no offense when I say this, big guy, but not really holding his weight. Ouch. And then he yelled real loud, and I was nearly blinded as that book started glowing. And then he started kicking the shit out of them ghosts. Oh, yes, there was a large golden tree-like... It was very big. And 
I thought I heard Tedward yell. What did he say? It's not my fault. Yes, it is not my fault. She looks to Tedward. Sound familiar? Do I still, as a, as a Andrew question, not a Tedward question, do I still remember the memory that triggered that rage fest or is not that the gone? memory? You'll remember what you said, I think. Because even still in this scenario, it's still, I still think that phrase kind of fits because mm. your friends had just been assailed by the ghosts. And you right, yelling but... this out of like rage is what spurned you yeah. into kicking their ass. All right. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. I think that's a problem for another time. Maybe after we deal with this memory stealing frog demon. What do y'all think? Yeah. We should head back to the boat. And although I do not want to drink the the drought of dream again. Sounds like we have a plan. All right. She says, we're going to go back to that boat, take that dreamer's drought and find a nice, safe place to sit. And she looks to Gravesford and says, you're going to keep an eye on us. And I think together we're going to go kick this thing's ass once and for all. Sound good? Yeah. Wait. Yes. Uh, did you say you almost died? I did. Because we didn't know what we were fighting in the same way that you didn't know a little bit ago. So how do you fight this thing? You hit it a lot. <laughs> we used a spell to seal it inside of that amulet to kind of contain it. But... I can probably regather the reagents. I'll have to pull in some favors, but if it's escaped, we can do it again. And at the time you fought this memory stealer with Constance, you were very well versed, well experienced. That was about 10 years ago, so not as much, but comparable, I guess. Are we going to die? We are going to die. <laughs> Darlin, she puts her hand out on your shoulder. You are not going to die. And as this is happening, you guys notice out of the corner of your eye that um, Graceford, the guard captain, is chugging a thing of alcohol. They kind of slam it on the table. All right, let's do this. I want a promotion, and I think this will get it. Okay, sure. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, sure. Let's go. So, four of you, along with Rose and the two guards, make your way down to Constance's boat, and Gravesford and the other guard goes off. Um, he talks to Rose about where to meet, and goes off to find more guards to keep an eye on you while you're doing your delve. And you gather up the reagents in the cozy comfort of... Constance's houseboat, and then begin to make your way towards the mayor's estate. In the conversation between Rose and this guard captain, he says that they have a space that they use often for magic meditation that is a bit fortified and would serve as a nice place to conduct this ritual. Rose agrees and through the course of the rest of the afternoon, um, Rose gathers her things, her supplies. Before you guys begin this encounter, this incursion, is there anything else you would like to do to prepare? You do have money, so you can buy goods, or what would you like to do? Too bad we got the only magic merchant in town killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
gosh. Well, I mean, he could be killed, or maybe like the D.A.R.E. program caught up to him. The D.A.R.E. program? To be fair, we, we didn't get him killed. He was in a situation that we, we ultimately, well, I guess we you could say we technically did cause his death, but he got himself in that situation to begin with. Uh, uh, it, it's his fault. Haley will ask the guards if they know of a, um, a seller of magic items in town. Someone else who might be underground. Um, Gravesford, let's just say. Um, they look to you. So... There aren't any officially licensed sellers of magic goods in this town. Um, there is one that we have been trying to catch for a while. Uh, a goblin fellow. <laughs> what is it you are looking for? Anything that can help in a spirit dream world, please? A proton pack. <laughs> um, their eyes kind of narrow a little like they're thinking. Can you roll me a persuasion check? Sure. Five. Oof. Um, Gravesford goes, I I can't recommend anything specifically, but I can ask around. See if we can provide you with something that might help on this journey. Yes? You said you're Sounds fighting good. spirits? Well, uh, Ghosts. what are we fighting, Rose? What is it technically? Um, so this conversation is happening um, right outside of Constance's boat, right before you're gathering everything up. Um, and Rose goes, yeah, I think they're spirits. According to Tedward, they were ghosts or something. Yeah, yeah, ghosts. All right. Yeah, spirits. Um, and Gravesford looks, can you roll me an insight check, Haley? Oh, okay. That'll be a nine. Nine. Um, you can't tell anything. Wow, you guys are rolling low. You can't tell anything particular crossing his face, but Rose leans in and she goes, Graceford, if you have any silvered weapons, that might be helpful. Um, really takes the sting out of their uh, supernatural protections. Um, Graceford goes, I, I think I can do that. I can find some. And she goes, all right. Um, anything else y'all need? Are you injured? Time do we have before we do this? Yes. We're going to make the dive tonight, same circumstances that you did with Constance. Yes, I am injured. Um, she looks to the two guards. Grab um, a couple of healing tonics as well, just for their safety. Did that count as a long rest? Um, in the tavern? Oh, you mean the sleep? No. Yeah. Okay. Short rest if you want to. Would we consider the time between us planning and when we dive again a long rest? Um, yeah, it'll go through the night because you guys decide to do the dream dive, like, almost at sunset. Um, okay. So, the dream dive is probably going to happen, like, middle of the night, 2, 3 a.m. So, if you wanted to get a rest in while Rose is preparing, that's something you could do. It'll cost you a little bit of time. Do it. I'm down for that, yeah. I'd like to take some time, or Thurbash would like to take some time just sitting and meditating with his sword. Okay. Um, what's the goal? The goal is kind of like, he understands that the sword is a little bit more than just a sword. Because, I mean, not to know, not to know, known to anybody else except for Thurbash, but he pulled it from a tree. And that's pretty significant. So he's just going to focus and try and force anything to happen. Okay. Um, I think this will be a great segue for the end of the episode. Um, okay. You're not going to have to roll for this. You sit down on the docks while you can hear them inside grabbing the reagents and ingredients and focus on the blade. 
and you can hear the water of the lake lapping up against the wood of the docks. You can hear the boat kind of sloshing back and forth. And you, f you feel a strong wind just briefly blow across the lake. And you can hear the leaves of the white um, barked birch trees surrounding the lake. You can hear them blowing on the wind. One or two just happens to land right in front of you on the wood of the dock. What does this signify for Thurbash? A reminder that all in all, his god is not far. Okay, like always present. Yeah. Um, you sit there and meditate on this. And you feel the same emotion that you did when you were in the realm of dream bleed into your fist a little from the handle of this blade. You feel this just kind of comforting warmth envelop you. And you reach level da, four. Alea, what do you do to prepare? I guess... Um... She's going to have to make more of the tea, right? Yeah, I think that could work. You guys did have some, but it's been sitting for a while. Okay, so she's probably going to try to, I'm going to probably try to um, harvest like the flower again, using as little as possible. So not like if we need it in the future, we won't have it, you know? Mm -hmm. Or wait, it was like one petal per teacup or something? Um, I think it was every petal got you two servings. Okay. Or something like that. Yeah. And you had like four plants. You used up two of them. Um, okay. I'm also... Wait, did we rest? I'm also still injured. You guys will get a rest in. Okay. Before. So I will be getting ready the ingredients for the tea. Okay. Um, how does she go about this? Meticulously, but also as someone who... For example, if someone doesn't know how to cook, they, like, follow the instructions word for word, and they're, like, staring at it, like, very, like trying to make sure they don't mess up. That's what, she, that's what she's doing. Okay. Um, I'm not going to make you roll over anything. Does going through these rhythms remind Alea of anything in particular? Um, probably her mother working at the at the shop and creating potions and stuff. Um, so you kind of go through the motions of making this potion again. Um, a bit more nervous than before. And you dwell on these positive memories of your mom. And as you're doing this, you're kind of hearing little critiques in your head. Memories are just things that she would say to you while you're preparing stuff. And over the course of the next hour or two, while you're just sitting here preparing, um, you brew up flawlessly another batch of dreamers drought. And when you do, the fumes of the tea that kind of from the warmth of the pot, the fumes rise up into your nose and you breathe them in. And you open your eyes. So where would you be brewing this? Um, probably in like uh, where I first did it, where the like the bedroom-ish area. You said there was a desk on there, I think. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably just be down in that like under the. How, what do you? What was like the room called in a boat? Like the. I just I just call it the hall. Like you're in the de like you're in the, the lower yeah. deck. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's where I'm doing. You sitting on the deck, kind of bobbing in the boat again, like with the water of the lake. You close your eyes as these fumes roll over you and you open them and you're standing at that flower bed again. And you look down and you see that it's meticulously like purified of all emotion, just like it was stolen away. And looking at the walls of this little flower shop in front of you, that you just happened to stop at earlier. You can see that the walls of it are radiating with pride and joy. And right by the door, 
there's a little bit of sadness. And then your mind looks down to the flower bed as if something was taken from that too. What do you do? Well, shoot. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell them, tell the, the group that I think it's, it's not even just happening in the dream world. It's also happening. Like just being anywhere near the fumes of the flower. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the group that I'm, as you, as you say this, your voice kind of echoes out into this dream space. There's no response. You've went through this experience once before. It wasn't mm-hmm. caused by NET. It just happened right before you went to deal with the Beast of Whiteleaf. I'm back in the dream world. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm caught up now. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, shoot. Uh... I don't know what to do. So wait, do I have all the brewing stuff still there in the dream world? No, it's like almost like almost like the white leaf wood. You're just transported back to the place where you were mentally. And I'm on the boat. No, no, you were you're standing in town where you were right oh. in front of that flower bed. From oh, we brought the flower shop. Okay, okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait. Um. Is there anyone? I already was talking, so no one was answering. Um, Your voice echoes and you hear it like in triplicate over itself again. And you realize you're there again. Of your own, uh, of your own kind of power. Nothing to do with the plant. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to look up again, looking for a dragon. Okay. Roll me a perception check. She's just going to be haunted by just random dragons appearing in this dream world. Um, 15. 15. You look up in the air and you don't see anything reminiscent of the great birch or the beast of white leaf. But you look around the town from where you stand and you don't catch you didn't catch it before and you don't quite catch it at first. But you notice looking across the town, you see the trail of those claw claw marks weaving a little bit further in town. And in between like the gap in between two buildings, only a block or two from where you were before you ran, a whole block of houses, totally devoid of any light. And in the briefest moment, you feel like there's a large shadow looming over those buildings, peering back at you. Oh, shoot. And then your vision snaps back and you're sitting on the dock. You're a level four, Druid of Dreams. Hey! Hey. Haley, what do you do to prepare? Uh, Haley would probably prepare for a moment, which might kill him. Just kind of start to meditate, looking, and just trying to look into his totem of his dragon turtle. Okay. As this happens, what thoughts cross over your mind? Just the fact that I'm not sure if I want to stop this thing if it's only taking negative emotions and how I really don't want to go against my group. So I'm probably just going to go along with them. Hmm. Um, again, we're not going to make you roll. You're worried about going against your group in this situation. Is there anything Haley would reflect on in this moment while he's looking down at the turtle? Just the fact that he saw that he saw the turtle and saw something massive, large and terrifying. But how gentle and nice it can be. I see what you're thinking here. Um, You're just kind of rubbing your thumb over this wooden carving of a dragon turtle that you've had for a long time. 
and your thumb is kind of moving over the groove of this imperfection that you've kind of subconsciously made. Every time you're nervous, you move your thumb against it, and it kind of makes a weird groove in the wood. And as you do, you feel a little prick on your finger. Um, and you lift it up, and you see there's a splinter. Another happy, perfect little imperfection for you. And while you're doing this, where were you meditating on it? Um, probably either on deck or in the room that we're on deck or somewhere like up where I can see if anyone's moving around or whatnot. Okay, um, so you're sitting on the deck of the ship, and as this little tiny nick of wood embeds itself in your thumb, do you pull it out? Yes. You pluck that little tiny thin splinter um, from your hand, and as you do, you're like suddenly aware of the sound of the water of the lake. You immediately think of that great creature again. There was a mixture of like awe and fear and power, and then you found kinship in it. And that kinship is kind of was kind of found in the chaos of the moment for you. And as you dwell on that and think about it, a thought occurs to you that you might you might possibly be able to find some good in this. And as that thought, just the embracing the idea of trying to befriend an enemy, that chaos kind of overwhelms you. And it feels like a breath of fresh air enters your lungs. How does Haley take this? Haley is probably going to go with everybody, but probably make attempts to quell the beast instead of kill the beast. Okay. Um, and as you're embracing that kind of chaotic imperfection, you know, going against the grain of the group, the same way you have rubbed your thumb against the grain of the wood on the back of this turtle, you just press your thumb against that open spot that you've kind of worn down. And you feel the warmth pass over you as the chaos, that arcane power inside you just got stronger. And now you're level four. And Tedward, based on the last episode, we already know that you have were kind of forced into a new level up by the book. Yeah. Um, and it cost you something very kind of important. Mm-hmm. How does Tedward prepare? How does he prepare? Nap time. I just drank two ales. <laughs> whatever the standard units of ale are in this region. So I just drank two of those. So it's nap time. Okay. Um, where do you pass out? Where are we? Um, so are we back on the boat? Basically, Rose suggested you all get rest. And everyone is kind of taking their own time preparing. So it seems everyone has kind of chosen to be around the boat and still be together. You kind of get the sense that Tedward can kind of end up wherever he wants, as long as he still makes it over to the mayor's compound. All right. I've, I guess just wherever I am, just nap time. Tell me where that is. Uh, if we all wandered back to the boat together, that's where I would be. Okay. Um, so while Alay is brewing tea, you can hear the mortar and pestle kind of grinding on this stone as you just decided to kind of like shack up in Constance's bed. And you slowly drift off to a drunken sleep. Does Tedward dream about anything? Yeah, yeah, Tedward has freaky dreams. Tell us about them. He has dreams that kind of like, like you're a, you're a farmer and every once in a while the world flickers in and out of like, all of a sudden your farm's on fire and there's a dragon, but nope, you're a farmer again. Or maybe now there's a demon 
and you you are milking a cow, but now the cow is a demon, and the milk is fire. Um, so you milk and fire right out of a demon's titty. <laughs> what? Holy shit! You're kind of tossing and turning um, through this like contrast, you know. Crazy dream, normal dream, crazy dream, normal dream. And the line between what's real and what's not starts to blur a little. What is the last real memory Tedworth remembers before he kind of drifts off into this kind of disassociative like consciousness while he's asleep? Homemade stew. Homemade stew, definitely. What kind of stew is it? Hmm. There was a... What's this world's equivalent of a cow? Like just a big juicy animal that evolved to be too tasty by accident. Yeah, like a cow. All right. Cow. Sorry, cows. You're the butt end of the food chain in this world, too. So one of our cows got crippled in a tragic accident, and we decided to eat it because we're a supportive family and we're, you know, we love all our animals. So we're like, yeah, let's just, let's eat them. Um, you drift off to sleep with this memory of you mm-hmm. sitting, you know, at the dining room table. Euthanasia um, stew. Your mom is pouring this kind of, you mm-hmm. know, this delicious stew. It's something you've kind of come to enjoy as a nice treat every once in a while. And every time a cow has a wink accident, <laughs> euthanasia stew. You enjoy this this stew um, as you kind of gently sleep off into unconsciousness, and you feel something pushing against the against the edges of this dream. You're looking towards your mother. You're looking towards the soup. And you can see the walls of the kitchen flicker in and out. For a moment, they become a battlefield. Another attempt, they become the walls of a fortified castle. A third, you're at the bottom of the ocean. And there's this giant octopus in the distance. And then the flickering just stops. And you drift off to sleep with this memory. Something that the book can't overwrite anymore. Something you get to keep. Ah, sweet. Stew. Stew memories. And I think we'll wrap up the episode with all of you gathering your things and walking with Rose Liebland towards the mayor's compound. Um, You meet Gravesford at the gates as they part and they walk you around the side of the building to this kind of small fortified bunker they have set up off to the side. Um, around the back of the house. They open the doors of this bunker, and inside you see a handful of other guards kind of stationed around, each wielding a silvered weapon that kind of shines in the darkness of this night. And uh, the doors behind you all are closed as it seals in, and you hear Rose crack all of her knuckles. How'd you do that? And she goes, well, let's kick some demon ass. As the doors of the bunker to the Thistledown Manor close before us, thin rays of ring light streak through the closing doorway, and we see the excited gaze of Tedward at the door, ready for the heroics ahead, his knuckles cracking with anticipation. Seated at his feet on the cold, hard cobblestones below is Alea. Her hands fiddle with her mortal and pestle as concern and fear fill her usually bright and hopeful eyes. Cold wind blows through the room, causing the fallen white leaves outside to swirl into the open chamber, guiding our gaze to a shadow shifting in the corner. Here, away from the prying eyes of the rest of the party, 
A conflicted Hele continues to rub his thumb against the small, wooden idol of the dragon turtle from his home. The cheetah print fur across the nape of his neck begins to knot and curl itself into tangled burrs and calyx. As the chaos within him begins to stir, hoping for a peaceful resolution. As the large iron barred doors come to a close, we see the last rays of ring light cast the face of Thurbash in a desperate light. His dark eyes uneasy and failing to make contact with anyone in the room. He fears what he has forgotten and fears what might be ahead of him. Our view then peels backward across the dew-speckled lawn of the Thistledown Estate as the doors to the chamber close. Then, we careen through the dark iron-barred gates that mark the manor's edge. On this night, the ring light glitters on the wet cobblestones as we make our way down the now empty and quiet streets of Whispering Lake. Nearby homes have extinguished their candles hours before as they retired for the night, and the city watch have returned to their garrisons. As we pass by row after row of darkened, empty shop windows, our view settles on a single home in the Merchant District. This single open window flickers with light among a sea of growing shadows. Swaying just within the frame of this open portal is a single dreamcatcher, woven of willow and sinew by the caring hand of a parent. In the wind, this ward gently taps against the glass of this child's bedroom window. On the streets below, beneath this very window, a hooded figure makes their way deeper and deeper into the market. Their vibrant yellow eyes look upon this house for but a moment, then quickly look away from the ward protecting it. With its passing, the shadows here lengthen and curl. The wind howls through the building and the streets and our view settles again upon this same window as a cold, unnatural wind extinguishes the final candle on this quiet street. Below the howl of the wind, a deep whisper lingers in the air. Within the light, all secrets die. Hidden in shadow, they all must lie. Your form till mine until the end. The Lord of Secrets will rise again. Then, the figure moves on, searching for their prey among the quiet, winding streets of Whispering Lake. Hey everybody, thanks for tagging along on this wondrous little adventure we're going on, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Our song and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, respectively, which you can find on our episode description or on SoundCloud as well. Spread the word and maybe leave us a rating or review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Oh, and don't forget, I hope you have a wonderful week and your 2020 has started off phenomenal. Our next episode should arrive on January 17th. And there's something in my gut that tells me this might be the finale of the arc. So, see you soon.